Today's scripture reading will be from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 6 through 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 6 through 10. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we live by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to please him, whether we are are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate that reading. Good morning, church. We're blessed by God to be alive at this time in this place at this time. God has been good to us in many different ways. And as we look at this, this is part one of part two. Next week, uh, Ryan will speak. And then August the 7th, Lord willing, we'll have part two of this. I believe for Panama on August the the 12th, to teach in the Bible School of Americas. The concept is that we teach preachers there. They come from many different countries for a two-year course. And uh, we've had places of just the name of Cuba, Panama, Chile, El Salvador, uh, Honduras, on and on it goes, Central South America. Because they've been in school there for about 50 years, they've had the school. We learned after World War II, as the great mission effort took place after the war, that we would bring men back to America to train them before they go back to their country and they'd want to stay here. Well, I can't blame them for that. So we learned in many ways to study the, uh, teach the preachers their own language or their own countries or countries that use their language in that concept. We're been blessed to go there for the last 10 years and thank you so much for your giving to make that happen a couple of weeks ago we had uh, a request for you to help Simon and his mother I've had many meals at Simon's home and last time I there I was I took them out to eat it's an interesting concept when you go to another country in many countries companies that here and other places adjust the prices for the income of the people there uh, they, you've seen the pictures. They have American companies. And, you know, of course, they want to eat American food. I would eat Mexican food when I'm there. But, okay, we'll go, we'll go over here. We go to Fuddruckers. And I was able to take them out to eat. You get a third uh, burger. And, we, you know, it's not a side. It's an accompaniment. And they're like, we got an accompaniment or whatever you want and a drink for $4 a person. Now, you try that here. But, again, it's a it's a. Uh, country that's growing well. It's not the same as blessed as we are financially, but they are growing, and your uh, finances have made that possible. But also, you are a participant with that in helping in many different ways. The scriptures quite clearly teach that for someone to go, they must be sent. And I ask for your prayers as much as you've given money to help in this effort. Great to hear Sean and Virginia's mission trip. And I hope that you'll consider a mission trip someday in your life. It will change your life. As Sean said, first when I went on, you know, I knew I was, I mean, I know that, but the night before I went, I believe in the United States. You get an education. 
Today's sermon, We Walk by Faith, is really a sermon I heard in 1977, 45 years ago, Can Faith Pay the Bills by Mid McKnight. I've done parts of it before, uh, 45 years. It came because a uh, church in Kentucky told the preacher, Faith can't pay the bills, sonny. And so Terry Rush aside, Mid McKnight, the, the topic, Can Faith Pay the Bills? To be short, I don't know anything else that can. But we'll cover some very basic material, and there'll be two parts of it. Uh, but I'm preaching to myself as much as I'm anything else, and so you get to listen. I hope this, this has touched my heart. I hope it touches your heart and your mind as well. As we look, you've responded marvelously, and we are to grow in our faith. In our first slide, last week I mentioned that we, and our topic is growing, walking by faith. And we talked last week at the close about this slide, that what we see with our eyes, that our loved one dies. But the Bible says that there is life beyond this world. Don't only believe with what you can see with your eyes. Jesus said, if you believe in me, you will never die. You'll be alive. You'll close your eyes in this world and open your eyes in the next world. Now, I can't explain all of that, but I believe it's true. And that's what it means by walking by faith. We haven't seen that part of it yet, but one day, as we just sang, we will see the Lord himself with our own eyes, and we'll see the next realm. Don't just believe, as you look at the world today, what you see with your eyes. Believe the word of God. Believe what the Bible says, and believe what God says in his word. In our second slide, it tells us how we get into Christ. And we walk by faith in this. You know, people know, most people are honest and know that they're sinners and know that they're less than perfect and know that they are not good enough to walk up to God and say, I deserve to go to heaven. But they need to hear the message of the Bible that God knows that has provided a way to wash all of our sins away. And you remember most, and most here are Christians perhaps, and remember the day that you came to believe that there was hope for your life? That you could be forgiven. That you could have all your past sins washed away. Here's a handout we have. We have others. And these are the words of Jesus. It was God's plan to have our sins put on Christ. And him give us his perfect righteousness. Now how do we do that? Well if Christ who gave his life and blood is going to die. Then he's going to say something about how you get that. Appropriate that blood. Take it and run it through your Bible. What did Jesus Christ say who gave his life, how you could get his blood? And so we walk by faith. It took faith, and we'll talk about the biblical definition of faith, but my definition is believing God will do what God said he would do. God said, if you do these things, I will bring you into union with Jesus Christ, and all your past sins are washed away. And many of us have done that, and we found that to be true. We walked by faith and found you could trust God. That's absolutely right. That's not a math problem. I sit down and figure it out logically. It's based on the word of God. But let me encourage you today, as we're talking to the church though, if you've never taken that step of being union, brought into union with Christ and all your past sins are forgiven, the Bible says you are without God and without hope in the world. That you're cut off from Christ. Believe what the Bible says, not how you feel. In that same line, believing the word of God, let me give you another example of a biblical example of faith. What we see with our eyes can make us afraid. In Acts chapter 12 and verse 6, 
they arrested Peter and James. They put James uh, put him to death. And now Peter's in jail. He's sleeping. In Acts 12 and verse 6, the night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping. Herod was politically savvy. He knew how the ins and outs were. He puts one apostle to death, and it pleased the Jews, well, we'll kill Peter. We'll put him to death. And there in that context, he's chained between two soldiers who are guarding him for tomorrow. How could Peter be sleeping? If you knew, you imagine, use your imagination, you're one of the apostles, and one of them is put to death, and you're scheduled to go up before Rome tomorrow. Would you be asleep? Peter was sleeping because he believed the word of God. You remember John chapter 20, where Jesus tells Peter, you're going to die of old age, an old man. Peter believed Jesus, so he'd go to sleep. He knew what Jesus said to him, and I think that's why he could sleep. Because he knew Jesus himself said to me, you're going to be old, and people are going to take you where you don't want to go. And so he could go to sleep. John 21, 18 to 19. God said it. Peter believed it. That's faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. And that's true as we come to Christ. My concern is that what we do once we get into Christ. Now we walk by faith. And this is how far our faith has led us. But in that context, there are many different levels of faith here. We're going to talk about some very basic material first before we build on that. But the word by Webster, faith, faith is believing something as the result of testimony or evidence. That's a pretty good definition by Mr. Webster. Our next slide is the Bible definition of faith. And you know this. Uh, many different versions here. The last one, the New Living Translation. I'm reading this year through the New Living Translation. It's good to read the Bible through different translations. Otherwise, you can get stuck in a rut. Okay, I'm just reading. Read to see what's there. And you read a different translation that catches your eye sometimes. You know, very familiar, faith is the, evidence, is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the sure of what we hope for, the the certainty of what we don't have. Faith is something we cannot see with our eyes yet. We're believing it's going to happen. Faith is a result of something that we believe because of testimony or evidence. And you can see all the different translations. It's all right there in the same vein. Faith is believing something because of evidence. I've never been to China, but I believe China exists because some people have told me. They've been there. They told me about it. You, Many of you have never been to Panama, but you believe Panama exists. You've seen pictures. You've seen evidence. You've seen testimony. I've talked about it. I've never seen Jesus Christ live and die on a cross, but I believe he did because there were those who saw it and wrote about it. And I believe based on their testimony, on their evidence that Jesus Christ died and rose from the dead. That's faith. Indiana Jones, the Holy Grail, had a a scene where he was supposed to take a blind leap of faith. The Bible never talks about a blind leap of faith. It always is based on evidence or testimony. That's not what God wants us to do. We'll just take a leap. That's not from God. Faith is important. Hebrews 11 verse 6, without faith it's impossible to please God. Well, that's important for us. Without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he rewards those who diligently seek him. We talk about coming to faith in Christ. We walk by faith and not by sight. How do we get faith? Sometimes people uh, think it comes miraculously. People pray for more faith. Is that how we get faith? That's not what the Bible says. 
God is not the one who determines how much faith you and I get. If God determined, and there are people that teach that, that the Holy Spirit comes on certain people and they determine all kinds of things, but the Bible doesn't say that the, that the Holy Spirit gives you your faith. If that were true, that either we would all have the same faith or God would be responsible for those with a lot of faith and those who don't have much faith. Jesus rebukes the apostles sometimes for their lack of faith. Romans 2 and verse 11, God does not show favoritism. Uh, Acts 10, 34, Peter says the same thing. God doesn't show favoritism. So if God were giving people faith, he wouldn't give it to some people and not to others. How do we increase our faith? John 20, 30 and 31. John said, these things are written, written that you might believe that Jesus the Christ the Son of God. See, here is my testimony. Here is the evidence. And you can come to faith. You can come to evidence that Jesus is the Son of God. You know the famous passage, Acts 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Faith comes from hearing God's Word. Listening to it preached, hearing it on tape, meditating upon it, reading it, thinking about it over and over again. That's how faith grows. There's no magic to it. The more Word of God you put into my life and your life, the more your faith grows. The opposite is also true. The less faith, the less word of God you put into your life, the less faith you and I have. It's in our hands how much faith we will have. Do we want more faith? We must get into the word. I don't want to tell you his name, but there was a professional golfer who was golfing in Britain. And he was asked by a guy, and the guy, oh, you're doing a great job. I wish I could hit the ball like you. I guess it was a bad day for the guy. He said, no, you don't. No, you don't. You don't want to hit the ball like I do. Because you'd have to get up every day and hit a bucket of ball, rain or shine. You'd have to hit the ball if your hands were bleeding and put tape over it. And he'd go on and on about the guy, about how what it took for him and the sacrifices for him to be as good as he was as a golfer. Faith will grow the more we put the word of God into our lives. Now, by faith, we've come this far as a church. And we're talking to the church today. But if we're going to have more faith, we're going to be a better church, our faith is going to grow in God, it's going to take the word of God. Hearing the word of God. Faith is important. Acts 15 verse 9, God purified our hearts by faith. Romans 5, 1, we are justified through faith. Mark 16, 15 and 16, our faith is necessary for salvation. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Do you know you could put a sentence, a period in that sentence and it's still true? Without faith, it's impossible. All business would stop. All commerce would stop. You go and you buy a purchase and you do it on faith. Their faith, that, I don't read checks anymore, but you know, debits or you know that, that that credit card or that debit card is good you put a postal i mailed something to my daughter yesterday how silly would it be i have faith that it's going to get there now there's some countries you don't have faith it's going to get there you're not sure but in our country it's pretty solid how silly would it be to mail this package to my daughter and say well i don't think it's going to get there see we have faith and it's not bad, 55, 55 cents. It's not five cents for postage and 50 cents for storage. It's, it's really not bad that they mail us. But how silly it would be to put a letter in the mailbox and say, I don't think it's going to be delivered. By faith, you put your key in the ignition, or maybe you push your button today, turn your car to start, and you came, you had faith that your car would start. Maybe you come out some Sundays and the car doesn't start. But you had faith. 
Faith is important for commerce, for business. There are many different kinds of faith. There's a vain faith, 1 Corinthians 15, 4. There's a dead faith, James 2, 17. Nobody believes we can be saved by a dead faith or a vain faith. The clearest definition of faith I've seen is Galatians 5 and verse 6. The only thing that counts is a faith that expresses itself through love. It's a faith, but it's a working faith expressing through love. There's a big difference through faith and faith alone, as some people teach. James 2.24 says, Do you see a person is justified by what he does and not by faith alone? Here's some examples from the biblical text. When you talk to somebody, say, Well, you just have to say this prayer and believe. You don't have to do anything. Faith alone will not save us. Hebrews 11 has example after example after example. Was not Abraham our father justified by faith? When? When he offered his son Isaac. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down. Did believing get it done? No. After they were compassed about. They had to get up every day for seven days and march around the walls according to the command of the Lord. By faith in Hebrews, and obedience is always tied to doing what God said to do. In Numbers 23, the fiery servant came out, serpents came out through the camp, and they cried out to Moses, and Moses called to God, and God said, put up a snake, and when they look on the pole, they will be healed. Well, were they healed when they believed, or were they healed when they looked? Numbers 29.1 says they were healed when they looked. Just believing doesn't get the job done. Acts 18 and verse 8, Crispus, the chief ruler of the synagogue, in his entire household believed in the Lord. And many of the Corinthians believed and were baptized. One time a man would say, well, see, it doesn't say Crispus was baptized. Just said he believed in the Lord. When you turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 14, Paul says he personally baptized Crispus. He didn't baptize many because he said he didn't go to baptize, but he baptized Crispus, the chief ruler of the synagogue. So here is the Bible defining itself. In Acts, it says that, Acts 18.8, Crispus, the chief ruler of the synagogue, and his entire household believed in the Lord. In Corinthians, Paul says, he was baptized. To believe in the Lord is to obey the commands of the Lord. It's always a faith that leads to obey. Faith is a motivating force. Believing is faith trusting. Repenting is faith turning. Confession is faith speaking. Being baptized is faith submitting. Singing is faith praising. Praying is faith talking to God. Teaching is faith talking for God. Giving is faith sacrificing. And we need to go over those basic things in the context of what we're talking about, walking by faith. Our reading today is about heaven. Anybody been there yet? No. We walk by faith. We believe that there is a place called heaven. We believe that we're on our way there. Let's ask a serious question. Do you honestly believe you can go to heaven? I'm not going to ask for heads. I'm asking for what you believe deep in your heart that only you know. For we walk by faith and not by sight. I didn't ask you how you felt. I didn't ask if you're perfect. No, that's not the basis of it. How do we know we can go to heaven? The word of God tells us so. The word of God tells us the good news that God knows that we have a sin problem. And he's taken it all away. Do we want this church to grow? We say immediately, yes, it's going to take faith. What do you and I believe? Faith without works is dead, being alone. 
Last week, the application of this was forgiveness. The forgiveness of the word of God as a Christian. So we don't go back, you know, the baptism, the waters of the blood of Christ didn't stop at baptism. That God has provided a way, not only to take away our past sins, but every day as we walk in the Christian life, he tells us in 1 John to do something different now. Don't go back and get baptized again. Is God able to wash our sins away at baptism? Yes. Is God able to cleanse our sins in 1 John as we repent and confess our sins? Yes. How do you know? The word of God says so. The same word of God that you obeyed to become a Christian tells you as a Christian, these are the promises and the blessings we have in Christ. So for you and I, this church to grow, we're going to have to believe the word of God. We need to grow in the grace and knowledge of God. How can we do that? There's simple, basic ways. We need to read our, our Bibles. We need to come and listen and study the word of God. We need to bring our children to Bible class. Listen. If we want this church to grow, we're going to need children. We can talk about the past. We can talk about we came here, how few kids there were, and how it grew, and how it went down and back up. That's the past. We can learn from the past. But we're talking about from this day forward. We need to bring children to Bible class. How many times have you and I said, well, I would hate to be a child in this world. Isn't it terrible? And listen, I understand. I had a friend. I had four kids, okay? I know what it's like. I had a friend who said, you know, by the time I get my children ready for church, I've lost my religion. I understand. It is a struggle. It is part of the war. Most children go, and there are some, I'm not, oh, yes, that's great, let's go. No, you as a parent, make sure they eat, take a bath. Let me see, did you brush your teeth? Oh, I think you just wet the toothbrush. Your teeth are still dirty. You know, I mean, you do that. You know what it's like to have a child. You need to take the responsibility as the adult to say, this is important. Take a bath. Why? Okay, yeah. You need to come to church. You need to get the children in Bible class. Because your values are formed. Theirs are not. Their values are now forming. And what values they have will be by what? How does their faith grow? By hearing, studying, and listening to the word of God. Now, I'm not talking to visitors. But imagine visitors. If we want visitors to come and bring their children, they need to see the members bringing their kids and coming to class. A principal years ago on Meet the Teacher was telling, uh, he was uh, uh, talking about the kindergarten kids. He said, we're not going to punish the kindergarten kids for being late. It takes the parents to make that happen. So what does he say? He knows that the kid doesn't drive himself to school. If the kid's continually late, it's a problem with the parents, not with the child. He said, now we may have to do some things and we have that tool, but it's the parents' responsibility to get those kids to school. We traveled in the Soviet Union, and we saw signs. This is when it was communist. And I immediately thought of Deuteronomy 6. And everywhere you go, you had signs, how wonderful communism, how good you have it. And it was a lie, but they believed it. I was shocked, but okay, it's their custom. When people get married, they take their flowers down to the Statue of Lenin in the city square. It was interesting to watch. And then the wall came down, they found it was a lie. But they told it over and over. Deuteronomy 6 says, talk with your children. When you walk, when you rise, when you sit down. And this is the home. This is where the values are formed. And this is the primary responsibility to teach our children about God. You want to teach them about everything, right? You want to teach them how to vote. You want to teach them how to tie their shoe. You want to watch and say, 
uh, let's, let's teach you how to ride a bike, you know, whatever. But you want to teach them about God. And it doesn't stop once they're 18. It really doesn't. We talked a couple weeks ago about trade up a child the way you should go. We didn't really talk much about there's a thought that maybe there's a natural rebellion there. That they go away from the Lord and then later they have that seed and they come back. And maybe that's true. I'll tell you, I've seen it. I've seen people faithful to the Lord, their children away from the Lord, and they died. And a week or two or three later, the children come back to the Lord. I don't know. But do you have faith that you can reach your children for God? Yeah, but Keith, you know what my kids are in. Listen, God is able to do more than you think, ask, or imagine. You think the problem's too big for God? See, there's the problem. Proverbs 23, 7. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Do you believe that you can make an impact for Christ in your family, in your marriage, in this world? Do you believe it? Because that's where it starts. Paul says we believe and therefore we speak. We were in uh, this church and a member didn't come on Wednesday night. They thought that was odd. They called and found out they were in the hospital. She didn't come a Wednesday night, which led other people to call her and found out she was in the hospital. If that were you, would we have missed you? I understand COVID, things are changing. But COVID's in the past. Well, it's still there, but we need to go forward and be a people of faith. Now, again, think with me for just a moment. When I was a youngster, I grew up in a Christian home. But what we're saying is the heart. There were certain things I did not do out of respect for my parents to wait till I get out of my home. Because you're aiming for your child's heart. So I got out of my Christian home. I was, they were there every time the door was open. But when, the, when I was out on my own, oh, it's a different story. No, I didn't go to church at all. Didn't want to go to church. We were teasing my son yesterday. He went to Sam's Club. He says, it's kind of funny. You say, go clubbing. We go to Sam's Club. Yeah, well, that's not the kind of clubbing I did, okay? I've lived that life. I don't live this life because I don't know what the other life is like. It's empty. It's vain. And sometimes kids have to bump their heads on the same rock. And I'm sure my folks folks thought, he's never coming back. But you're aiming for the heart. Listen, here's the point. We've sat here and I've seen people literally leave their husband for another woman, Leave their wife and child for this thing at the office and on and on and on it goes. Why? What is the secret of your heart? The prodigal son came to his father and said, Father, give me all that you have. So he divided his proper property among them. Sometime later, the prodigal son leaves. You see, the secret was in his heart, I can't wait to get out of here. I'm going to get out of here as, long, as soon as I can. And how many times are we surprised by somebody and we're like, Wow, I never saw that coming. Because we, don't, we can't read hearts. We don't see what's in the heart. God sees the heart. Where are you in your heart today with God? And that's where your faith needs to grow. Give God all your heart. Again, in the secrets, we're aiming for the heart. Two of my children have been blessed to go to the Rod Clark School in Atlanta. We'll talk more about that in two weeks. 
They take disadvantaged youth and bring them from grades four to eight, if I remember right, and they teach them, and they have such a marvelous track record of turning them around, and they get scholarships to Ivy League schools. Now, if they can do that in education, what can we do for the kingdom of God teaching the word of God? We'll talk more about that. Which is more important? Our next slide is the goal of what we're talking about as we talk about walking by faith. It's Ephesians 3. And here, Paul is writing his desire for the Ephesian church. Now, you need to understand that Paul writes this, and some 30 years later, in Revelation chapter 1, John says this church has lost their first love. Ooh. So what was the solution that Paul writes in Ephesians 3, 14 to 21? He wants Christ to dwell in their hearts by faith. See, in the secret place where nobody knows but you. You know, we come up dressed, we're looking nice. Oh, what a nice Christian he is or she is. But where are you in your heart? Do you want to be a Christian in your heart? It's not a legalistic thing that you've got to be here. But where do you want to be? Would you want to be here? Paul says, so that they may comprehend with all the width, the, width, the length, the height, to know the love of God, be filled with the fullness of God. That's the goal. Do you know the height and the depth and the width of the love of God in Christ Jesus? You see, that's more than just church attendance. Are we learning personally with our children and in our lives how good God is, how much he loves us, or have we plateaued? It's time to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. And how do we do that? With the word of God. Put the word of God. If the only time you're fed is when you come to church, you're starving spiritually. You literally are. You say, well, I'm doing pretty well. You're not what you could be. You know, we have a marvelous age. I'm busy on Sunday, so after Sunday I can get a tape, I can watch a DVD, I can watch other things in other places. I have to have sit in the pew or watch the videos from some other place. We need the word of God. A wealthy owner bought a Rolls Royce. And the British automobile company takes great pride in that. And driving his Rolls Royce in France, uh, the car broke down. He called the factory. The factory sent a mechanic from France, flew him with his tools. He fixed the Rolls Royce. And the wealthy man sometime later noticed he never got a bill for that. He contacted the company and said... Uh, we have no record of your car ever breaking down. See, that's what God is able to do with our sins. God is able to completely save those who come to him. Do you believe it? Let's go back to what I said a minute ago. Do you believe you can go to heaven? Deep in your heart where no one can see. Our last slide, what we looked at last week, is this is the gospel. Paul says, if God can save me, he can save anybody. Imagine Saul, Paul, coming into Christians. And here are people he put to death. He put their parents to death. He put them, uh, beat them, imprisoned them. And now as they forgiveness, as they welcome him into heaven. That's the good news. You are not too bad as a Christian or a non-Christian to be forgiven, to let God let you live with him forever. God knows how sinful we are. We're the ones that have to catch on. And God has provided a way to completely save those who come to him. Let us pray. Our Father and our God, we marvel at how patient you are with us. 
Help us with our weak faith. Help us as a church to grow and individually to grow in faith. We thank you, Father, for the great truths of Christ's sacrifice, that you want us to live with you forever, and we are weak, sinful creatures, human beings. Sometimes we're filled with fear and anxiety and worry. And forgive us, Father, we don't believe your word. We pray, Father, for every person here in the sound of my voice and those who are watching online, that they may come to know you, the true and living God, have a relationship with you, and enjoy the benefits and the blessings of Christ and his forgiveness. Take everything away from his Father that's holding between us and you, so that there'll be no daylight between us. Help this church to grow in faith. Thank you for those who've gone before us. Help us, Father, let our light shine for you, that the glory and honor may go to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The invitation we offer is Christ. It is the greatest invitation that was ever offered. It's that you can come and live with him forever. You see, an umbrella, it rained today. It was great. An umbrella may stop the rain, but doesn't stop the rain, but allows us to walk in the rain. Faith in God doesn't take away our tough times, but it gives us strength to overcome them. Whatever you're going through, it's better to go through it as a Christian. If you're not a Christian or you need to come back to the Lord, why don't